Man, it's a good day already, right? Woo, man, I'm just moved by just the worship and uh, this seeing the, uh, this little girl come up here and these parents say, hey, listen, man, we're dedicating our life to, uh, to, to Jesus. I mean, we want people to know that Christ lives in us and hope that little girl will put her faith in Christ one day. How beautiful is that? Hey, a couple quick things before we get started. We are kicking off a new series today, uh, but I wanted to remind you, many of you guys probably saw them on the way in, but we've got our end of the year booklets out, and uh, they also have the proposed budget for next year inside of them, but I don't want you to spend the whole time looking through that, all right? I want you guys to be looking into God's Word today, because I really feel like the Lord is going to speak to all of us today about how Jesus is the wonderful counselor. And so I want you to make sure you're there, but don't forget to pick one of those up. Uh, we print those out so that you guys can see them and kind of c- celebrate with us a little bit of all that God is doing. If you're watching online, you can actually go to our website and you can pick, get a digital copy of that and kind of page through it is there as well. But next Sunday, just keep this in mind, you've got uh, big give envelopes there on your uh, chairs. If you guys would, I want you to take one of those with you, and I want you to pray about what God would have you give towards missions. And this is not your tithe. This is not your regular gift that you give. This is what you say, you know what, God, I want to give above and beyond, and I want to give sacrificially. And so, Lord, I want to give towards missions. I want to give towards your kingdom. And so that is one of the ways that you are a part of all the missions work that we do as a church. And so I want you to be praying about what God would have you give. There's no pressure to give, but we want you to pray about it. And whatever God puts on your heart to give, we we trust God and we trust the Holy Spirit we're going to be talking about today. And so let's look at this, uh, this first message in this series is the wonderful counselor. And uh, we, we draw this from the uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 6. And many of us l- like this passage. This is a cool passage that we, we know about because of, uh, because of Christmas. This is one that is read often. And if you've ever seen Snoopy or, you know, Charlie Brown, you've, you remember maybe this passage being read, right? You know, Linus is uh, the, he, he's the great theologian in that, in that uh, little uh, comic strip there. But for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. For how, how, how cool is that to know that the government rests on his shoulders? Not what we think, right? You know, we, I mean, I know we're, everybody's all into the, the political stuff and everything, but Jesus is ultimately the ruler. He is the one that will save the world. He is the one that will change everything. It's not some man that we think will vote in. So for, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful counselor. And that's what we're going to unpack today. We're going to kind of dig into that. But mighty God, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And then later we see in Matthew, we see the perspective here. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will, be, she will give birth to a, a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so what I want us to look at today is, you know, how is Jesus these, these things, this wonderful counselor? How is Jesus the wonderful counselor? Because that is the prophetic word that is given there in Isaiah. It's pointing forward to this one that is coming. It's this child. It's Jesus. And so when we celebrate who Jesus is, and we love to celebrate the birth of Christ. You can look around. We have worked hard this week to make sure that, you know what? Hey, we, we want to celebrate the birth of our Savior. We want to celebrate the birth of Jesus. That's a big deal. And, and I don't have a problem saying Merry Christmas to everybody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not taboo to me. I love to say Merry Christmas. I love to tell people, hey, man, we celebrate the birth of Christ because he is the Savior of the world. We're going to see today he is also the wonderful counselor. And so this points to this passage here says the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And so this was literally God taking on flesh and dwelling with man walking the streets. Whenever we were in Israel, man, we took a bus everywhere, but I was like, man, Jesus, he tore up some shoe leather around here. He covered a lot of ground, man, in Israel. And, and so everywhere that we would go, I was like, man, he walked here. 
Now, all these places he covered, you know, and, and it was incredible how much, how much he covered. But the thing is, is he was doing that in the flesh. And we're going to see today that he, he's going to cover the world uh, in the spirit. So the Trinity, this is something we have to work at understanding. And, and this is one of those things that's kind of hard to understand. But the Trinity is one God in three persons. One God in three persons. And a lot of times we go, how is, how, is, how is God, you know, God the Father? How is God Jesus? How is God the Holy Spirit? And we don't fully understand that. I don't know if we will ever understand that this side of heaven. You know, these little bitty small brains that we have don't com- fully comprehend all that. But I will say this, that, you know, I remember people saying, hey, we well, you know, the, you know, like water has different forms. You have ice and you have steam and you have water, you know, and so there's different forms of it, but it's the same thing. And so what I would say is, that, you know, I don't know if we will ever completely understand that this side of heaven, but I would say this, we need to know that there's, you know, there's three persons and these three persons that we look at in the Trinity are God, the father, and there's God, the son, and there's God, the Holy spirit. They're all the same. And oftentimes what we do is we go, well, you know, aren't they a little bit different? They're three persons there. They're personified in different ways, but the thing is, it is the same God, one true God. You know, and so I love the fact that, you know, we, we ask questions like we, and we dig into some of this. And so today we're going to be digging into God's word. And, and I love the fact that people ask questions. Sometimes people go, well, you know, I, I don't want to question God. It's okay to ask God questions. I mean, Jesus asked in the garden, Father, can this cup pass from me? So Jesus modeled it's okay to ask the Father, Father, reveal yourself, teach me. And so I would even say to all of you today, watching online or here in the room, you go, God, I want you to teach me today how you're the wonderful counselor in my life. God, I'm asking you to do that. And so we want to unpack that today and kind of see what we're talking about there in that passage of Isaiah 9, 6. Because of Jesus, the Son, we have access to all of God. So Jesus is the access point that we have to all of the persons of the Trinity, to this triune God that we serve, that we worship. And we can't say, hey, well, listen, I like the Jesus part of it, but the God part, you know, the Father part just seems, you know, too dynamic, too big. It's like he's sitting on this throne. I don't know if I'm really cool with that. Or the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of makes me nervous, especially if you grew up with, hey, man, the Holy Spirit, that's not of God. You can't read the Bible and say the Holy Spirit is not of God. That's crazy. But there are people that want to leave the Holy Spirit out of the Trinity, but they're all three important because they're all three one. So we have to get our mind around that the best we can. And it takes the Spirit of God teaching us, revealing to us how God's Word is at work. And hopefully that will happen today. But th- we want to kind of understand the Trinity a little bit. So Jesus tells us how we will, He will be the wonderful counselor. And so we're going to kind of unpack a passage here in, in John chapter 14 and understand what has just happened. So Jesus is just, you know, he's washed the disciples' feet. He's told them he's going to die, you know, and, uh, and Peter's like, Lord, you know, you're not going to die. And he's like, hey, Peter, this has got to happen, man. You know, and, uh, and so he's kind of been teaching them and he's telling, hey, listen, I'm going to die, but it's going to be a good thing. It's a God thing, right? He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. And so this is troubling for them. They've just shared in the, the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, communion, whatever you want to call it. And so they've just shared in that, you know, and, and so, and Jesus said, hey, listen, I'm about to go. I'm about to go to the cross. You know, this is important. And so he's, he's telling them, you know, in just a few days. So the next few things that will happen are going to rock their world. Their teacher that they've been following all these years is going to the cross and he's going to be beat. He's going to, he's literally going to be pierced for our transgressions. And they're going to watch their leader be nailed to a cross. And they're going to watch a, a, a Roman soldier run his spear into his side. You know, and they're going to go, you know what? It's over. It's going to be troubling for them. And, you know, we read later that they're gathered in a room, an upper room, you know, out of fear and Jesus walks in and says, hey, listen, peace be with you. And so they, they're thinking, hey, man, it's over. 
But Jesus is trying to prepare them here. This is before that happens, right? So he's trying to prepare them for a couple of things. But he says, there's more than enough room in my, father, uh, in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And so he's preparing them. Hey, listen, I'm going to leave. I'm letting you know I'm going to leave. I'm going to die. I'm going to leave. But don't, don't, let, don't let your hearts be troubled. And when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. And then... No, we don't know you, Lord, Thomas said. That's doubting Thomas. Remember doubting Thomas? We give him a hard time. But he says, we don't know, Lord. Uh, we have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? You know, and so I'll just say this. You know, here, these guys have spent a lot of time with Jesus, about three and a half years of his life. And, and so they've been around him. They've been around him a lot. They've been, t- you know, I mean, like meals together, sleep, you know, p- traveling together, everything. They, they, they've been everywhere. And yet they don't fully get it. And so sometimes we go, man, I don't, I don't know if I fully get everything about God's word. They were around Jesus, the son of God, literally God in flesh, and they didn't fully get it. So it ought to kind of give us a little bit of comfort and go, you know, hey, I'm not the only one that struggles to understand sometimes. But Jesus is always teaching. Ooh, let me back up. Let me back up. Let me read that one more time. No way we don't know. No, we don't know the way, Lord. He says, we have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And so they're wanting to know, hey, what's the path? And so I love this. Jesus steps into it. He said, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now that is a very exclusive statement. And most of us, a lot of people even have a problem with this. And they go, well, how can Jesus be the only way? Because he said he was. Right? If he's the son of God, he says, I am the only way, then that's enough for me. But a lot of people say, well, there ought to be more ways. And a lot of people want to, want to have a lot of paths that lead to get to heaven. That's called universalism. And we think, well, there's a lot of ways to get to God. No, there's not. Jesus made it very clear. There's one. You know, and it's an exclusive statement. A lot of people have a problem with that. And, and, I, and I get that. You know, especially whenever you go, you know, well, maybe we ought to make it easier. But there's nothing easy about the gospel. You know, some people say, well, a child, it's childlike faith. Don't get me wrong. But whenever we put our faith in Christ for salvation, what we're saying is, hey, listen, I surrender. I give you my life. I want to die to my own agenda. I want to die to self. I want to quit living the way that I've been living. I want to live for you. That's repentance. And what we're saying, hey, listen, I want, I want to be changed and transformed by the power of God at work in me. And so that is what salvation is. It's not just praying a little prayer, but it's surrender. It's dying to self. It's crucifying the flesh. And say, man, all these things that God that don't honor you, I want to nail those to the cross of Christ. That's a hard thing. I want to follow your commandments. I want to live according to your teachings. You know, and that's, that's activity. That's being engaged and involved in something. And so Jesus said, hey, he's the only way. If you had really known me, you would know my, who my father is. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. And so Jesus is trying to prepare them and trying to really unpack the Trinity a little bit with these guys. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Do you really believe Philip was really being honest? Just being honest. I mean, I'm thinking he's going, because that's the kind of, hey, if you'll just show us, we'll be satisfied. People aren't ever satisfied, really, right? You do, you do one thing, hey, can you do that again? Hey, can you bring that again? You know, and Jesus had already done all kinds of miracles. I mean, he had already displayed the power of God at work in and through him. And they're like, hey, if you could just show us the Father, we'd be satisfied. I don't buy that. And so look at what Jesus said. Jesus replied, have, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? And let me just say this, and I'll just say this for us. You know, we, we might work well as disciples because there are times, and I know people that have been raised in church, and maybe you're one of those, you've been raised in church, you've gone to church most of your life. Maybe it was a social thing. Maybe it was a cultural thing. Maybe it was a mama thing. I don't know. 
But what happens is we go to church and we've been around the, the work of God, the power of God, but man, we still don't really know him. And so Philip is saying that, and, and, and Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? He's asking them a question. Don't you believe that the Father is in me? Haven't you seen the works that I've done? I speak, I speak, uh, the words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. He's been teaching them this for years. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of what the work you have seen me do. I mean, they've seen this guy walk on water. They've seen him raise the dead. They've seen him heal the lame. They've seen him do all kinds of miraculous things, feeding 5,000 people. I mean, that's some incredible things. You would think they would go, all right, man, all right, we get it. We understand, right? But here's the thing is we can often, you know, God works a miracle in your life. He works a miracle in my life. And oftentimes we go, man, it's a miracle. We're praise God. And it doesn't take long before we're kind of lo- it loses its luster to us. That's why it's not about miracles. It is about surrender. You know, and so oftentimes, even the people who saw the miracles said, crucify him, right? And so they, it lost its luster. And so, it, but Jesus said, hey, listen, you've seen me do these things. You know, that's not enough, right? And so Philip would say, hey, if we just see God, the Father, it'd be enough. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Now, here's the thing. We, I struggle with this one. I think a lot of people do. How could we do more than what Jesus has done? But I think we're going to see today, it wasn't necessarily that we're going to do greater things like, you know, what's greater than raising the dead? What's greater than, you know, bringing somebody back to life? What's greater than feeding 5,000 people? What's greater than some of the things that Jesus did? But I think it's the scope of what God will do through the body of Christ, through the people. And it's what God will do through his church. And so, and we'll we'll unpack that more, but I believe that it's how God can be in more places, you know, than he was in this, just this person of Jesus. And so here's, here's God in flesh, but he's going, to, he's going to put within us himself, and one day it'll go all over the world. It'll travel everywhere. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. And so a lot of people say, hey, man, if you ask in Jesus' name, it's going to happen. But here's the thing. It's asking as Jesus would have asked. And I think sometimes we say, well, I'm just stamping a little Jesus on that, and according to Scripture, that's supposed to be answered. That's not what that reads. But it's, it's when, we, when we pray as Jesus would have prayed. And if you remember in the, in the garden, whenever he's praying, he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And so a lot of times we're not wanting God's will. We want our will to be done by the Father. And what he's saying, what Jesus modeled for us is, hey, it's not my will, but your will. I want to line it with what you have. And so whenever we pray as Jesus would have prayed, man, anything can be asked. And especially when we line up with the Father's will. So Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, this will be the wonderful counselor that we talk about. And he says, if you love me, obey my commandments. So here's the question. Do we really love Jesus? And he's telling the disciples, hey, if you love me, obey my commandments. Do what I've already told you to do. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, a helper, a counselor, who will never leave you. In other words, he said, hey, listen, I'm going to send one that will live within you. He's going to dwell within you. And he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. And the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now as Jesus in flesh. So if you can get your mind around some of this, and I know it's a little bit, maybe you're going like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm losing it. But all right, so Jesus is in flesh. This is God in flesh. This is Jesus. 
And he's saying, hey, listen, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go back and go back to the Father and I'm going to send an advocate. I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he is going to dwell within you. And you know him because I, he's with you now, but you know him because he lives with you now. That's me. Jesus is like, hey, that's me. He says, and later will be in you. And so a lot of us would go, man, I, I think I would rather have Jesus beside me rather than in me. But I'm just telling you, I don't think so because we go back and we look and the people who had Jesus beside them, walking around them, hey, if I saw him walk in water, maybe I would believe more. I don't, I don't believe that's true. I believe it's, it's more effective, and more powerful, just like Jesus says here, for him to be in us and, rather than beside us. You know, and there's more powerful things available to us whenever he is in us than whenever he's just walking beside us. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. He's going to come and he's going to place the spirit within us, every believer. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. He's talking about the resurrection. Since I live, because I live, you're going to live. You're going to have resurrection power inside of you. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my father and you are in me and I am what in you. And so Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I'm going to go back to the Father, and I'm going to be in you. I'm going to be working through you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and receive and reveal myself to each of them. And so he said, hey, listen, man, it's those who line up with the Word of God. And so Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, uh, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them. And we, look at that, they're we. It's, it's become plural. We will come and make our home with each of them. And so the, what he's saying is that this triune God will come and dwell within each of us in our spirit. He will, he will literally dwell within us. And so what Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave you, but I will always be here. I'll never abandon you. I'll never leave you behind. And, and I'm sure they were going to like, wait a minute, you're, you're saying... You're never going to leave us, but you're leaving. You know, you're, you know, and so Jesus is literally going to ascend. He tells them in the Great Commission, hey, listen, you're going to go out and you're going to baptize in my name. And you're going to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and, and he goes, and you're going to make disciples. He said, and I will, lo, I will never leave you. And then he ascends and he leaves. And they're like, what? But it's because he is going to be within us. And so the Holy Spirit is at work within us. So they'll make their home within us. And anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember my, remember my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate, there's the helper, there's the, the counselor. As my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. You see, here's, here's what I love is a lot of times we talk about the Holy Spirit, people get a little bit nervous depending on their background. Some people get a little bit crazy uh, because of, you know, hey, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, or whatever. But the thing is, is it is still God at work. And I know a lot of times in, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it can cause divisions in the church and stuff like that. And it has for years. That is not God's intention. That is not God's plan. And what happens is too often the churches literally will become, our people will literally become so focused on the gifts of the Holy Spirit that they forget that we are to be focused on the giver of the, of the spiritual gifts that God gives us. And here's the thing, that should bring unity in the body of Christ. And that we should go, you know what, man, we want the Holy Spirit working in us. We want the Holy Spirit teaching us. But we don't want to get so focused on the gifts. And that's why Paul had to address that in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He's addressing, hey, listen, man, you're, get, you're getting focused on the wrong thing. Focus on the Holy Spirit, the God of the universe 
who is working through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm leaving with you a gift. It's a gift. And so, man, whenever, whenever we feel that conviction or we feel like the Lord is revealing something to us today and we go, you know what? Thank you, Lord. It is a gift. I'm leaving with you a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And so what I love about this is Jesus, hey, listen, I want to give you a gift. I'm going to place this gift within you. You know, and so for every believer, everyone who puts their faith in Christ, who surrenders their life, who says, Jesus, I want you to live in me and through me. Here's the thing. He says, I will. And he places his Holy Spirit within us. And so Jesus is our wonderful counselor through the person of the Holy Spirit. So when we read in Isaiah 9 that he is the wonderful counselor, he is the wonderful counselor. He is the advocate. He is the, he is the one who steps within us and says, hey, listen, I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk with you, and I'll never leave you nor forsake you because he's right here. No matter where I go, he's right here. He's at work with us. So Jesus is our wonderful counselor through the person of the Holy Spirit. So he is present with you and in you. So no matter what you're going through, we talked about the battles belong to the Lord, right? You know, and, 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 and Marcus said, hey, listen, no matter what you're going through, God is there. God is working in that. And so for the believer, and I'll just say this to the person who is not a believer, the Holy Spirit is not within you. And so my prayer is that, you know what, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you today, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ because he is the way to have the person of the Holy Spirit in you is by faith in Jesus Christ. Remember he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. So you don't get the Father, you don't get the Holy Spirit unless you got Jesus. That's it. That is the way. It is the only way. And so when we put our faith in Christ, then here's the thing. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. We have the presence of God within us. And so therefore, no matter what we're going through, no matter what battles we're facing, you know what? We have a helper. We have a counselor. We have one who is guiding us, leading us, teaching us. He is present within you and in you. The Holy Spirit is a deposit by God. You know, Scripture tells us that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. In other words, we can't get rid of it, man. It's there. And I don't know about you, but whenever I, I read that and it says the Holy Spirit is a deposit by God, I'm going, hey, that's a good deposit. He's going to follow through. You know what I'm saying? And a deposit is, hey, I'm letting, I'm holding something. This is mine. I'm holding this spot. You know, I'm, I'm putting a deposit down to hold this spot. And, and, and what God is doing is, hey, listen, I'm putting a deposit within you. You're mine. You're my child. You're part of my family. I've brought you into this, this family, this body called the church. And so whenever God puts that deposit, I'm going, Man, you know, he's good for his deposit. He's going to follow through. He's faithful, he, he, right? He's going to do what he says he'll do. And so for me, it's a beautiful picture of him being faithful. And there's Holy Spirit power within you. I mean, get your mind around that. Holy Spirit power at work within us. So we have the work of the Holy Spirit going on in us, but there's power that has been placed within us. You know, a lot of times we, we as, even as believers, oftentimes we'll wrestle with fear. We worry about the end times. We're not supposed to worry about the end times. We talked about that last week or the week before. You know, we're to be encouraged. You know what? Jesus is going to step out on a cloud. He's going to call us home. You know, we're not worried about it. We're, we're encouraged by it. There is going to be an end one day. Now, the thing is, is we need to be about, be about the work of the gospel, of sharing the gospel and telling people how they can be in right standing with a God, a holy God, a triune God. And so we have the responsibility as a church to say, listen, we want to be messengers we want to tell people about Jesus. We want to serve people. We want, to, we want to literally do everything we can to point people towards Jesus Christ because he is the access point. He is the only way to the Father. And if we make it about church or we make it about religion or we make it about anything other than Jesus, we are doing the wrong thing. And so it all has to point to Jesus because he is the access point to all that God has for us. And so there is Holy Spirit power within you. And that power 
is something, a lot of you guys are probably going, what kind of power do I have? Well, I'll just tell you this, you have the power to forgive. Because let me tell you, there's things that will happen to you in your lifetime. And I hear stories all the time about what has happened. There's things that have happened to me in my lifetime. That mean, without the power of God, without the power of the Holy Spirit, I couldn't forgive. I couldn't forgive, and you couldn't either. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the working of God in me, through the working of God in these people, they're able to forgive and they're able to move forward. You know, there, there's power at work to be patient, right? To be patient with people. You know, I, I, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, I was growing up, you know, kind of a Mazingo um, characteristic is, hey, we have a temper about that long, you know. My whole family grew up, I mean, we grew up, you know, fussing and fighting and yelling and stuff like that. And man, you could blow up quick. And so the more that I've grown in my faith and the more that I have grown in my faith in Christ and the more that I have allowed the Holy Spirit to teach me, the more that I have grown in that, 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 that temper, if you will. Now, it's a little longer. I don't know how much longer it is. Some people might say, it's not that long, Mike. But I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's not what it was. And so I'm still a work in progress. God, the Holy Spirit's still working on me, still changing me. But there's Holy Spirit power in me to forgive, to be patient. There's Holy Spirit power in me to share, to teach. And, and it's the Holy Spirit at work. It's not me. You know what I'm saying? And so here's the thing. We, we're able to say, God, thank you for trusting me by pulling your, your power to work in me. There's power in prayer, right? I just saw we were talking about the prayer gatherings. Man, I want to encourage you guys to come and gather at these schools and pray over these schools and these teachers and these administrators and pray over our community because I believe there's power in prayer and the Holy Spirit draws us together. And when we gather together, where two or more are gathered, the Spirit of God is there. Man, he, he pours out his power on that. And we go, man, I want to be a part of that. I want to just hear about it. I want to go engage. I want to be in, involved in that. And so the Holy Spirit gives us strength and courage. He strengthens us. Man, there may be something you're going through. Maybe you're battling something. Maybe you're going through a real physical battle. Maybe it's an emotional battle. Maybe it's a relational battle. Whatever that battle is, the battle belongs to the Lord. And here's the thing. The Holy Spirit gives us strength and courage to go, you know what? I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep moving forward. I believe. I believe. And Holy Spirit, I need you just to strengthen me. And there's going to be times when we just don't want to get up. We don't want to keep moving. But we do because the Holy Spirit gives us that strength. And it gives us that courage. We've not been given a spirit of fear or of timidity, but of power, right? And a sound mind. And so we have that Holy Spirit power, but we also have strength and courage. And so we're not, we're not afraid. We're not timid. We're bold. Not because of anything we bring to the table, because the Spirit of God is living within us as a believer. So if you're walking through life and you keep telling yourself, I'm an introvert or I'm shy or I'm whatever, or I don't have any self-confidence, then hey, quit putting confidence in yourself Allow yourself to put your confidence in Christ. Christ lives within me. It's no longer I who live, but it's he who lives in me. And so therefore, it is no longer I that live, but it's Christ that's living. And so even this timid, shy, introvert, whatever person, you know, that's not me anymore. That person is no longer telling me what to do. I surrender to Christ who is bold and powerful and at work within me. And so therefore, we ought to walk in that. The Holy Spirit teaches us truth. He teaches us the word of God. He is truth. He is the spirit of truth. And so I love this. There are people that come up to me like, Pastor Mike, you've been reading my mail. I mean, how do you know what's going on whenever you're teaching? I mean, it's like you were teaching just to me. I felt like you were looking at me the whole time. And I'm going, that's the Holy Spirit. I get to blame it on him every time. You know what I'm saying? I said, that's the Holy Spirit doing that. And so in a room that, like this with this many different people all started up here, people watching online. And for God to be able to say, hey, listen, I'm going to teach them something. I'm going to reveal something to them. That is the Holy Spirit. He is the teacher. I'm not. I'm just a vessel. 
And so the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and He begins to open up our minds and He begins to teach us and reveal to us who the counselor is. That's Jesus, right? He begins to reveal to us, hey, listen, that's sin in your life. That's conviction. He convicts you of that sin. You're broken over that. And you go, you know what? I can't continue to live in this pattern of sin. I've got to confess this. I've got to repent of this. And I want to turn to God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He's teaching you. He's revealing to you. That's, the, that's how he works. And so the Holy Spirit teaches us all truth. The Holy Spirit brings things to remembrance. There's so many times, you know, I don't know about you, but you'll be teaching or you'll be sharing or you'll be talking to someone and God just brings something to mind. Maybe it's a verse and you go, man, I forgot I had that memorized. And you share that. But Jesus said, hey, man, he, you know, the Holy Spirit will bring all things I've taught you to remembrance. And you remember that, you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm not supposed to judge. I'm supposed to love. You know, I, I, I believe the truth of God's word. This, this world is selling us lies. The enemy, you know, he loves to tell lies, but the Holy Spirit teaches us truth. And then here's the thing, he brings that truth to remembrance. Like there's a lot of things that are being pushed and promoted on, through social media, the media, through even people that we know and that we love and we care about that they've just kind of got caught up in the world. And we hear that and we go, hey man, that's not truth. You know, we've been teaching false truth, if you will, in, in schools for years. I'm teaching kids, hey man, you evolved something. There was some kind of explosion that happened or whatever, and you know, and, and, the, and the earth just kind of created, you know, and we know that, man, you know, order, the, the create, you know, disorder does not become order. I mean, we see that over and over. You, you, can, you can see a Walmart or something like that close their doors, you know, and it doesn't take long before that building is falling apart. So it goes from order to disorder, right? I mean, your house, you leave your house, and before long, that thing just kind of goes to pieces. It doesn't get better and sharper and, you know, prettier or anything like that. It goes the opposite. And so we know that, you know, there's been lies taught to our children for years in school. And, and a lot of times we just embrace it. We just say, oh, okay, they'll figure it out. No, 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 you need to be teaching them. And here's the thing, hopefully that child is going to put their faith in Christ. They'll have the Holy Spirit within them and go, you know what? This is bull. This does not line up. This is truth. This is God's word. This is what matters. This is what will stand the test of time. School books and teachers and writers and stuff like that, that stuff passes away. But the word of God will last forever. And so mom and dad, we need to be teaching our children. What does God's word say? He created you. He made you. He created everything that we see. He's spoken into existence, right? And so we need to know the truth. And the Holy Spirit teaches us truth. We need to walk in that. The Holy Spirit makes peace possible. I love this. There's so many of us that go through life, you know, and, and people battle anxiety, depression, so many things like that. But the Holy Spirit makes peace possible. No matter what battle you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what this world is screaming and saying, you go, you know what? I have peace in the midst of the storm. I have peace in the midst of the battle. And why? It's because the Holy Spirit is at work in here. And the Holy Spirit brings peace to my life. And I have the peace that passes understanding, just like Jesus talked about. The world doesn't understand it, but man, I do. And so when people see you going through loss and they see you lose a loved one, and they wonder how you can have peace. And you say, man, it's only because of God. And it's the power of God at work in me to give me peace whenever I'm dealing with such pain and such loss. It's God at work, right? And so the Holy Spirit is so critical. He is the wonderful counselor, Jesus. You say, hey, listen, I'm going to send him. I'm gonna, it's going to be within you. And so the Holy Spirit, for every believer, for everyone that has surrendered their life, that has asked Christ to come and live within them, then here's the thing, he, he sends the Holy Spirit. He seals us with the Holy Spirit. He sends us the advocate, the helper, the counselor. And so therefore Jesus fulfills that title of being wonderful counselor. He dwells within us. 
And so the next steps, I think, would be this, to put my faith in Jesus Christ, who is the access point to God the Father, to God the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is the access point. He is the way, the truth, and life. No one gets to the Father except through Him. And so when we realize, you know, it's, it's about faith in Christ. It's not about church. It's not about going. It's not about doing. It's not about me trying to earn my way to salvation. It's about me receiving the gift of salvation. Remember, it was called a gift while ago by putting my faith in who Christ is, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the access point. You might be wondering, well, how do you get into heaven? Jesus. How do you get into a relationship with God? Jesus. How do you get into, you know, how do you get to know the Holy Spirit? Jesus. That's the only way. And so when we put our faith in Christ, man, it changes everything. It opens up everything. Here's the second one. To obey Jesus' commands, commandments because I love Him. That's what He was saying. Man, if you love me, you're going to obey my commands. It's not because you're supposed to. It's not because, hey, that's what everybody's looking at. But you're going, man, I, I want to obey His commandments because I love Him because He loved me first. He loved me first. He went to the cross for me. And to know that as a believer, I have God's Holy Spirit within me. I think that's a step that you take today. You're not going, man, I hope I get a little Holy Spirit today. No, no, no. He's already here if you're a believer. If you put your faith in Christ, He's the access point. You have the Holy Spirit. Now, I would just say this. The Holy, you, you, when you get the Holy Spirit, you get all you're going to get of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit gets more of you the more you're surrendered to Him. The more you surrender. When you wake up, God, it's not about me today. God, I want to live for you. I think that, that God literally manifests himself in, in special and unique ways through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life that you go, man, that, that was a God thing. Yes, it was. But whenever you put your faith in Christ and you, you realize, hey, Jesus is the way, you go, you know what? I'm putting my faith in Christ. You receive the Holy Spirit sealed until the day of redemption. But it's constantly dying to self and crucifying the flesh that we become more and more available to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I don't know what you are going through, but I know in this room there's probably a lot of people that are battling a lot of things. It could be something physical. It could be something emotional. That could literally make it both of them just right there. It could be something relational. Maybe it's a marriage that's on the rocks. Maybe it's a family that's falling apart. I want to encourage you to come to the wonderful counselor, Jesus. With all the faith that you have, just, just come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I believe you're who you say you are. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the access point to God the Father and to the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I'm putting my faith in you. So Jesus, I thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit to live in me, to dwell in me. And therefore, no matter where I go, I have Holy Spirit power. I have peace. God, I thank you for that. But maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ. I want to give you that opportunity and just right where you're at, just say, Jesus, I believe you are the way, the truth, and the life. And with all the faith that I have, I put my faith in you. I surrender my life. I want to die to my way of living. I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. That's repentance. And so, Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I'm asking you to save me, to fill me with your Spirit. Thank you for the gift of salvation. If you just prayed that prayer, man, I would love to know. I would love to know that you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of God, and that you have the Holy Spirit working in you. 
living in you, teaching you, guiding you, counseling you. If you're watching online, you can text my decision. We would love to know. If you're here in the room, man, you can fill out a card in front of you. You can raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in here did that, just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer with you. Anybody. It tells me there's a lot of believers in here. And so that tells me that the Holy Spirit is at work all over this room right now. In just a second, we're going to have a, a, a song of response. It's an opportunity for you to maybe do business with God. So our counselors will be here at the front. Our prayer team will be here to pray with you or pray over you. I just want to encourage you to respond as the Holy Spirit leads. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you that you're within us today. I thank you that you're teaching us today. I thank you that you're not done with us. It's got to pray that you would just move as only you can move. Let your Holy Spirit move us to action by your power. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you would, stand all across the room. You respond as the Holy Spirit would lead.